0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Constructing Success, which is a sales lifestyle and I say it differently each time, but we'll use learning podcast where typically it is my job to deconstruct or question or pick apart um, high performers, CEOs, athletes or anybody who is excelling in their field and figure out what it is that makes them tick, what it is that makes them successful, and what it is that uh, inspires them to keep going. So today I'm coming to, if you can see me, if you're able to see this on video, I'm wearing a t-shirt and it is just me today. So we'll go with this as um, a chill and A chill episode that gets back to the basics, and this is going to be a monologue where I address a little bit of the history of how this podcast came together. And the reason I feel that it's important to address the podcast right now is this is the 10th episode. And if you're looking on Spotify or Apple Music, or if you've been paying attention at all, you're probably scratching your head and wondering well, that's kind of weird because this is number five. So let me dig into the beginning and how everything came about in why I am here still continuing or still pursuing this. Um, and yeah, let's just jump right in. So to give you some background, I had no desire to had a, have a podcast. It I mean, I guess it seems like something that could be cool, but in reality, it's nothing that I ever thought I would go out and pursue. So I was talking with somebody on LinkedIn and they had mentioned to me or encouraged me to start a podcast. And as I said, that is of zero interest to me. But I remember that there is a... There was a a previous colleague of mine and someone that I would consider a really good friend as well that had mentioned or considered doing a podcast before. So when I reached out to him, I just said, hey, blank, we're going to leave his name blank for the sake of his privacy. But I said, hey, if you need anybody or if you ever wanted to talk about sales or lifestyle, um, I'd be happy to jump on if it helps you. Fast forward seven to 10 days later and we, after a few go rounds with name and uh, premise of how the podcast would go, we had come up with constructing success and it was going to be a focus on sales and marketing within the building materials industry. So why am I taking the time to tell you about this story now? Well, Being that we have hit the 10 episode mark and there was five episodes that were pre-recorded before I broke out and did my own thing. I have now or we have now being that he's with me in spirit have now surpassed over 90% of the competition in the podcast world. Now, that doesn't mean that I get the most engagement. It doesn't mean that I have the largest following. It means that most other podcasters that set out on this journey fail. 90% fail within the first three uh, three recordings or three weeks or three sessions. They fail because they quit. It's not like they'd be ruled out. It could continue going as is with zero following for the next 10 years, should I choose, but they had failed because they gave up. And I'm not positive that this stat is correct, but of the 90% that has fallen off, the remaining 10% that is there as of today by episode 20 when i get to episode 21 i will have surpassed that remaining 90 percent as well and i don't have a crystal ball but i'm committed to 52 episodes and today being an example uh, this was an off week for me and i had no motivation to do this episode but fortunately, I am disciplined enough to make sure to get the episode going and to do this. So do I want to do this right now? No, not really, but I need to. And it helps me get to my goal of 52. So I digress back to the story a bit. So, me and this fantastic person who we mesh like yin and yang, and for the times when I'm focused on the big picture and he was focused on the details or flip that, we just matched up really, really well. So, we record, I think I said five, yeah, we record five episodes, and in the episodes, A few different times, I'm sure, I haven't gone back to look, but I talked about overcoming obstacles, shit getting thrown your way, and just pursuing and continuing on. Um, You can take some wounds, but you bandage them up and you just keep going. So after the fifth episode was recorded and we finally did the intro... And I am somebody that doesn't like to talk about a deal until it's done. I don't like to talk about a move or a purchase until it's complete. For whatever reason, I just don't like doing it. If if I'm going to complete something, you'll know because you saw me do it, as opposed to me telling you, oh, I'm going to, or one day, or this is what I want to do. So once this introductory episode came out, I was screwed. Not screwed in a bad way, but... How could I talk about continuing on and persevering no matter what, only to have an introductory episode come out that I promoting on LinkedIn and on Instagram and it's on YouTube. And now we've got a Spotify and um, a uh, Apple Music podcast channel or whatever i I really don't know like I'm, i'm working through this as it goes but how could i not be a phony full of shit horrible example if i didn't practice what i preached and if i just launched one and disappeared so that is how things came together. That is how I'm here now. And um, I appreciate whoever is listening to this. I appreciate you as you're on this journey with me of how to keep episodes exciting and to keep guests coming that have something to say and working through technical edits and whatnot. So There is the introduction for today and some background on why I'm doing this, how it came about, and why I am continuing on. So moving from there, uh, we actually got some listener feedback. So this is new, and um, they both pertain... I guess to sales and leadership. So I'm going to address these really quickly. Then I'll move on to some of the lifestyle and hack, uh, lifestyle hack. Hmm, how am I going to say this? Lifestyle, life hacks, and further education uh, that I'm excited about and that I've gathered over the past few weeks while I was interviewing um, other guests. So, The question that came in was regarding sales and it was regarding a sales manager that refuses to role play. And the question was, I don't have it up in front of me, but it was something along the lines of, um, you know, Hey, constructing success. I've asked my sales manager to role play with me. And after two times they continue to push it off or say I'm busy right now and they don't follow up to pick out a better time. What should I do? So I've talked about this briefly, but typically sales managers that come into the role, they are in that position because they were a high-performing salesperson. So being that they were a high-performing salesperson, that doesn't mean that they are a high-performing manager, leader, motivator, accountability partner, coach, however you wanna look at it. So. In this situation, what this tells me is that the sales manager has a high need for approval. In other words, they're worried about failing in front of you and becoming embarrassed. A, that's part of it. B, they haven't had the training to coach or motivate uh, or how would I word this? Yeah, I guess coach, motivate, and definitely this falls under coaching, but definitely role-playing is something that, is difficult if you haven't done it before role-playing with sales objections and um, sales issues that you could run into and the the beauty and power of role-playing is when you work through it so many times you become desensitized to these objections as they come up so what i would suggest you do is i would suggest that you ask the sales manager you bring it up again and you say call it derek i'd say hey derek it's really important to me that i'm successful in this role and in order to be successful in the sales role i need to succeed in booking appointments running proper discovery calls qualifying correctly and closing i whether you're newer to this or whether you've been having some difficulties lately i have been experiencing xyz issues with whatever and it would be really important for our success if we could spend a bit of time practicing on how to overcome these objections now being that you are my sales manager and that you've had success selling this type of product to this type of customer in the past what would you suggest as the next steps for me to overcome these uncomfortable scenarios, these insecurities, or so that I can get more confident and comfortable on my calls or in person and leave it up to them and and see what they say. And if they come back and shut you down, I reach out to me again and we'll work through this together, but you've got to put them in the position that it's a mutually beneficial a scenario: because the better you do, the better they do. And you also need to express that without them, you don't have the proper resources to be successful. Now, if they're unable to do it, ask them for their, rec- their recommendation on what resources to use, what to watch, who to listen to, what books to read and get as much of, get as much out of them as you can. But, to keep this one kind of short, because it's a little bit broader of a topic, that would be my first suggestion. If, de- if that doesn't work out, don't hesitate to reach back out. Um, <clears throat> the second email that we received, which I'm grateful that nothing has been negative so far, so a knock on wood, um, was <sighs> this is uh, a flattering email and it, it's comical to me because of the, uh, the journey. To get here, if you will, and I'll dive into what the email said, but it was loosely stated. It was, hey, Derek, you seem so composed and confident when you're on camera and when you're talking with other people. And in some of the videos that I've seen you put out on LinkedIn, did you have professional experience? Did you go to a public speaking course or have you had any professional training? Um, I struggle with this when I'm in meetings and I would like to sound a little bit more smooth like you. So for the person that put this out, thank you very much. I'm flattered. And if you could have seen me nearly like my knees buckle and hold on to the podium in college during a class when I gave a presentation that was about me um that is going to serve as a point a and if now is a point b no i haven't done any professional public speaking courses what i have done is i put myself in uncomfortable situations and i just keep coming back um When I'm in an uncomfortable situation, maybe it's a public speaking scenario, Um, we'll use that as as an example, I'm not going into it blind or unprepared. I'm going in and I'm rehearsing and I'm writing out uh, not a full script, but I'm writing out an outline of the bullet points that I want to address. And then I'm practicing it. I'll practice it in front of a um, in front of my cell phone and record it. And then I can minimize the ends, ums, buts, and I don't know's. Um, as as I say um, right away after. Uh, but putting yourself in those scenarios and desensitizing yourself to groups. So it could be a small group. And and this, you know, taking the point A to point B. Me being in college to me. Being now, I would say that the experiences that I've had in life have helped me to be more confident at times or more assertive at times. <clears throat> and examples of this are being a waiter you are speaking publicly to a group of one to four to eight. And I remember the bigger the table, the more stressed out or nervous I would be because I didn't wanna sound stupid and whatnot. So putting yourself in a scenario where you're gonna be talking to smaller groups and larger groups and larger groups and talking to people that, I don't wanna say that don't matter, but people that don't influence your day-to-day, maybe have a conversation with someone on the bus And then working up to someone who is maybe involved with your work and then working up to a manager and then getting to where you feel confident speaking in front of a CEO. That is the, that would be my recipe for improvement. And it's going to be those small incremental gains. So even if it seems below you or something simple and um, just striking up a conversation with a stranger in an elevator, start there. And continually work up Um, and let me think about where I want to go for from here so so typically with public speaking or or typically when someone is not feeling confident to do something along those lines what I would encourage and, and these are a few things that I have seen over the past few weeks and that I thought were cool to discuss But what can help, or what will help, is just being confident. So if you are feeling insecure that you're going to mess up in front of a group, or you're feeling insecure about trying something new, remember that everyone is human, and the people that you think are cool or special, they're no different than you, and we all have our own problems, insecurities, and doubts. So just the main thing is everybody's got their shit stop thinking that others are better than you and here's an example of of speaking as i'm doing this monologue rant um that that hopefully this sheds some light so if you are uncertain about a topic if you are uncertain about what you're about to do in general speaking slower is better than speaking faster and i'm not saying to draw each word out and speak slowly like this i'm saying to break it up into fragments or into segments so when i speak i would allow pauses in between different portions of my statement and when i'm slowing it down i don't sound rushed I don't sound nervous. I don't sound like I'm receding off a re-reading off a script. There we go. I just uh, jinxed myself. Um, But when you slow it down, it also allows you time to breathe and times to pause and think. And it allows you to pivot your next sentence based on the way the room's receiving you or the way that the conversation is going. So slow is better than fast. And before that I was saying everyone's human. So um, definitely don't worry about your audience because they've got their own issues. Um, And in general, just to help boost confidence, give yourself credit for the wins and the successes that you have Um, as humans we could have 1000 things go right on a day and we're going to focus on the one thing that went wrong it is our ancestral brain it is hardwired to avoid mistakes and we live in a different world now with plenty of opportunities and food and water that can be purchased at a store so that that lizard brain or that fear fight or flight emotion that goes off just just chill and just focus on the good things and when you do make a mistake forgive yourself that's normal that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for—is to learn. And if everything was easy, it wouldn't be fun. And if everything was easy, no one would be, would be pushing themselves, and no one would be ahead of each other. So remind yourself that you're doing great, and remind yourself that you're doing great more often. Um, another thing to help with confidence is put yourself in uncomfortable situations, and that could be. I don't know if this is the one to start with, but create a dating app, go on a date, join a club, go to an event, volunteer, anything that's new, anything that's making your brain rewire because it's out of your um, out of your normal routine is going to help build confidence. And once things start to get comfortable, your confidence will grow there. So you pick up an MMA class, you start doing jujitsu, you... Go to a workout class. You go to a cooking class. The first time, it's going to feel weird. The second time, it's not going to feel much better. Who knows? Maybe on the third time, you're dreading it. But I'm pretty sure that around the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, up to 20th, you're going to enjoy it more and more. And that's another step to um, you know, checking off a box of, of confidence, if you will. Getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And another thing, and this this is gonna seem so simple and so basic, but take time to get in shape and and take care of yourself. So if, if you're in the gym and you're putting nutritious food in your body and you dress well and you, I'm not saying you need to get your hair cut all the time, but you take care of your hygiene and you brush your teeth and you floss and you drink a gallon of water a day and you just feel good. If you, I I don't know if I've said this already on this, on this uh, podcast, but, but here we go. And I think it's Dion Sanders that said this, but when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you play good. And when you play good, they pay good. So the first step is just putting on clothes that look good on you and taking care of yourself and being hydrated and getting a good night's sleep. And if you don't, if you don't like the way that you look, you will shy away from social settings and you will shy away from being uncomfortable. If you do like it, then you'll be more confident to approach these newer scenarios. So, um, You know take care of yourself and i want to go back to the the allowing yourself to make mistakes and this is going to sound corny or cliche but rome was not built in a day and we are all works in progress and just keep pushing if you mess up assess the mistake let's say just jump up quickly and forget that it happened sit there figure out why it happened. Maybe in a public speaking scenario, maybe you were in front of too many people. The next time I need to take a step back and go in front of a smaller group. Maybe you were not rehearsed well enough. Maybe you didn't sleep well enough the night before, whatever it is, assess the damage and then make sure it doesn't happen again. And if it happens again, that's okay. Just keep it pushing. So those are a few things on confidence. Um, you know, another thing is less less planning, more action. So we can get into this analysis paralysis or, you know, too much planning or too much perfection can lead to anxiety. I'm not ready for this. I didn't prepare enough. This isn't good enough. Fuck that. Just take action. And the more times you do something, the easier it gets and the more confident you'll feel. Another thing for confidence, and this is going to be self limiting beliefs or negative head talk, is believe in yourself. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you will always be right. So, a couple tips on believing yourself is use self affirmations. If you need to say to yourself, it, 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 I, you know, let's say 10 times, we'll start with 10. But if you need to say to yourself before before you go to bed, I'm confident and I'm a great public speaker, do that. I, I, personally, I would say it a hundred times. I would I would listen to myself saying that and hit it. I would listen to myself. I would record it and then listen to myself say it and let it play and play and play until you start to believe it. And I, I more than just... More than just listening to it. I think listening is important. But writing it down for whatever reason when your eyes see something come out of your come out of the pencil or the pen that you're writing with and don't type it out. It needs to be written onto paper. For whatever reason, you will believe it faster and you will feel confident sooner. So to summarize, <clears throat> excuse me, to summarize the confidence issue or the public speaking issue, take Risks. I know it's scary, but you need to take risks. Um, if your dreamer goal looks too risky, too scary, too big, overwhelming, whatever it is, break it down into smaller pieces and attack them one at a time. So I hope that answered the uh, question about public speaking. And as always, feel free to message me back. It's info at constructingsuccess.fm. And I'd be happy to help you work through something, answer any questions. Um, and, And if you find me on LinkedIn, feel free to just DM me there and we can, we can chat. Um, So another thing that I think it's been three weeks since my previous monologue. Um, Another thing that I think is important is I've stated that it's important to find a mentor. I've stated that it's important to surround yourself with positive circles, but I did a disservice and I made a mistake. Here we go. There's me making a mistake I don't think I talked about what that means. So a positive circle, that's a pretty, that's a a pretty blanket statement or bland statement. So to dive into what I mean about the right circles or the positive people to be around is you want to surround yourself with people who are inspired. They are inspired to do what it is that makes them wake up in the morning. They are inspired to help others. People that inspired are inspiring to be around. I don't I don't need to go much deeper into that, but you'll know the feeling when you leave a conversation. It's like, I've got to. I've got a mentor, and this is someone I would say is in a circle of mine, but I've got a mentor that I will go to dinner with, and we go to dinner quarterly, and when we sit down, because I have to get up early, I <clears throat> we typically meet around five. If we met any later, and you'll understand as I tell the story, we'd be in trouble. So when I sit down at five, we usually get kicked out of the restaurant. Like if the restaurant closes at 9.30 or 10, we are sitting there until they are sweeping around us. Now, why am I telling you this story? I feel so recharged after these dinner meetings, if you will. Dinner meetings, dinner dates, however you want to look at it. That I am inspired and I'm ready to tackle the next day with that inspiration and we don't even have to be drinking We can talk for five and a half hours Just bullshitting he and I so look for the person that makes you feel that way and look for someone who's passionate Whatever it is. Maybe they're passionate about volunteering at dog shelters to ensure that dogs don't get euthanized Whatever that passion is find someone who is passionate and driven and motivated motivated. And another huge thing to look for, for anyone that you're going to surround yourself with is find people that are grateful. Find people that practice gratitude. Find people that look for the silver lining. Find people that are appreciative for every moment, whether it's good or bad, because if it's good, they'll be grateful for that exact thing. They'll be grateful that they were so fortunate to experience things, experience something like that. If it's bad, they'll be grateful for the lesson. They'll be grateful for the change that was made for them because maybe they weren't strong enough to do it on their own. And surround yourself with people who are open-minded. Just because they don't agree with the topic, they can still be open-minded and still entertain a conversation. I recently had, uh, I recently had two friends that uh, don't talk anymore. And the reasoning for the falling out was one has certain political beliefs and the other vehemently disagreed. And while the one who had the political beliefs was able to put all of that aside because the relationship meant so much to, we'll call this person A and the other person B. Um, it's rich if you know who these people are. I, it's just that, that worked out perfectly. So. Person B didn't even entertain a conversation from person A. Didn't want to hear them out and was so close-minded that they gave up a friendship of... I don't know, probably something like 25 years without a conversation. It was like the dump and then the ghost, like not even a breakup dinner, not a breakup conversation. And it left person A really hurt because person A would have loved to sit down, have a beer, talk it through and be able to put that aside. Like, I understand you feel this way and you understand I feel this way about one topic can we continue the converse or can we continue the relationship knowing that this is something that we don't discuss anymore? So being open-minded, it's good for you. It's good for everybody around you. And if you're closed-minded, you're just going to be a fucking problem. That's just, yeah, there's, there's my insight on it. Be open to everything, try everything, be judgment free as much as possible. I need to work on this. Um, and yeah. And then the last thing I would say about, uh, positive circles is, I like to be in groups where I have to work my ass off to keep up. That's just my own thing. It can be exhausting, uh, but surround yourself with people where you've got to constantly be pushing to be on their level and they will help you level up consistently. And if you fast forward a year, you look back two years from now, you will be able to attribute your biggest success by just having to keep up with these people who are achievers, grinding, working hard. And I always have to take a quick pause when I'm saying grind or working hard. You also need to rest and it is okay to have off days and it is okay to have rest days. So I don't want you to think I'm this 24-7 grind, 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 push. Like we need to enjoy life as well. But, you know, th- there's a balance based on what you're trying to achieve. And let me see what else I wanted to talk about. Um, there was a study done and it was put into a TED talk, but there were there were there was four or five profound takeaways from happiness and what goes into happiness and what what to focus on in order to feel happy more often and every day in life and so those things are and this goes back to the positive inner circle but one is happiness is most profoundly influenced by the quality of our relationships strong and supportive connections with family friends and community lead to a longer and more fulfilling life so Communication is huge. Having some sort of routine, some sort of community, some sort of, I mean, I just think purpose can fall in line with routine, whether that's you walk and you say hi to the person at the coffee shop every day, whether you have a routine and you pick up your bagels from... I don't know, Noah's bagels or Einstein bagels once a week. We do need some sort of routine and we do need some sort of connection emotionally in order for us to feel a longer and more fulfilling life. And your emotional well-being, that directly impacts your overall health. So, If your emotional well-being is off, if something's going wrong in your life, don't be too proud to reach out to a counselor, get professional help, journal, uh, talk to a friend. Also, beware that the friend might get sick of your shit after a while. And that's why I think there is value in talking to a professional. And I'll take this moment. I have to say thank you to my mom for sure and my sister for sure for listening to all of my problems and i i go through some wild shit and i don't know how my mom doesn't well yeah i do know how but my mom should have a lot more gray hairs than she does due to the things that i've brought to her so i want to say thank you to both of them because i've overwhelmed them with bullshit and repeated problems and you know it's just just annoying things. So thanks mom and thank you Jordan. And um, anyway, uh back to your emotional well-being. Other ways to help with that is prioritizing self-care. And when I'm saying self-care, proper sleep, proper nutrition and exercise. So with exercise, I'm going to do a quick segue here. Um with the exercise aspect there was a study done and it was it was from researchers at the university of south australia and what they what they uncovered is that exercise just exercise alone should be the mainstay approach for managing depression or any mental health issues. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be. There are scenarios where we absolutely need medication or um, other methods. But in this study, they found that physical activity was 1.5 times more effective than counseling or other leading medications. And what that is, I've talked about this briefly before, but your muscles secrete chemicals and proteins when you exercise that are good for your brain health. So your, when you have these in your bloodstream, so when, when you, when you uh, contract your muscle, in any way the harder the better but when you do that it dumps these chemicals that scientists have called hope molecules Uh, it, it dumps them into your bloodstream which goes into your brain and it makes you more resilient to stress and depression so whether you're walking which i walk so much walking is one of the best best ways to get exercise you get outside you get to feel the elements it's good for unwinding or waking up however you want to look at it but walking is great running's awesome i'm not doing any of that right now cuz i'm just overrunning i ran a marathon recently just don't want to do that dancing Dancing is great and you'll catch me dancing at a show or on a weekend should I go out. Um, Hiking is great, I need to do more of that. Weightlifting I love, swimming is amazing, but anything that gets you to contract your muscles, that will help dump these hope molecules into your bloodstream. So going back to what I was saying about the mental health and taking care of yourself and the pursuit of happiness, Priorit- prioritize your self-care and that could also be gosh what did i do that uh, was stupid but felt good i got a um, i got a pedicure when i was doing the when i was training for the marathon i felt like it was important for me to prioritize the health of my feet and yeah, just, just things like that, getting a good haircut, going and getting a massage, whatever it is that makes you feel good will help you be more happy. But the the three things that I'm going to key in on that are most important for me is one, sleep, two, nutrition, and three, exercise. And just another happiness Another thing that helps me be happy and I'm not like this all the time, but gratitude. And I talked about practicing gratitude earlier. Gratitude is more powerful than you think and expressing gratitude regularly for the small joys, the stupid little things. And even if you are able to, the gratitude for the things that don't go that well, but that serve as a lesson. If you can get behind that, it can be frustrating at times, but those will help increase yours mine our overall sense of well-being. So take a moment each day to appreciate the blessings and the lessons that you have in your life, big and small. And from there, oh, I took a note, so delayed gratification. Delayed gratification, this is an important topic for me because it falls under discipline and discipline is the strongest form of self-love. So delayed gratification is making the decision to eat the apple instead of the donut. Now the donut immediately, it would, the sugar would go into my bloodstream. I'd feel that quick high. It would taste good. It would feel good. But 20 minutes later, I'm going to feel kind of shitty. I'm not going to have the right fuel in my body to exercise the way I want to. And I'm probably going to feel lethargic. Now, delayed gratification, I think apples are pretty good, actually. So maybe this is a bad example. But eating the apple, it doesn't taste as good as the donut. It's a little harder to eat. Um, It's more fibrous, requires more chewing. And it's just, you know, it's healthy food. But fast forward 20 minutes, my glucose levels are back up my blood, the, um, the sugar levels in my blood are good. I've got more energy, more sustainable energy that I can burn from an apple than a cup of coffee. And I've got good fiber in me. And I've probably got some sort of almost like little flossing going on with my teeth as well. But an apple Is going to be the delayed gratification that will make you feel better in the long term. You're going to look better. You're going to feel better. Everything will be better. So when it comes to making decisions, and this is me practicing out loud or talking out loud because I'm not always good at this, but the fun night out that will be really, really fun, and you know it's going to be fun, will probably leave you feeling more depleted the next day than had you gone to bed early and done the boring things. But now you fast forward to the next day and after you've done the boring things, you went to sleep, you watched a movie, you meal prepped. Now come the next day, you've got more energy. And you've taken time to knock out some of the chores that you needed to do. Maybe you did things around the house. Maybe you read. Maybe you caught up with a friend on FaceTime that you haven't talked to in a while. So delayed gratification is hard, but it is always, almost, almost always the answer. And shoot, I don't even know how long I've been going, but this is a pretty good monologue rant. I've caught you up on how I got here some cool things that I've been working on or learning lately. And as I bring this to a close, I've got some really exciting guests coming on. Uh, Expect to see me in this frequency, probably every three to four, I'll do a monologue because I get to talk where when I have guests on, I feel like I'm just in the uh, interviewer seat. And that's fun for me as well. Uh, But I I don't get to share the things that I've been working on. Ooh, one last thing. This is a travel hack. And uh, this is something that maybe, you already know and if you do oh well if you don't hopefully this helps you Uh, so i have a ton of miles with alaska airlines and i'm sure this goes for multiple airlines but i was recently booking a trip an international trip and when i was looking for flight options out of seattle to i'm going to thailand but looking Looking at the options, there weren't that many. It was charging me a ton of miles. And uh, overall, I was frustrated. I was kind of thinking like, shit, this is, you know, here we go. No blackout dates, but there's just no dates available. They've used them all up. So a uh, friend had mentioned that they were flying out of LA. So I looked into, excuse me, I looked into using my miles to use alaska airlines still but fly out of lax and the the amount of points required were significantly less my flight options my flight times everything was better and for me to use miles to get from seattle to la to use the la to thailand was still less than had i just been flying out of seattle so that was a little hack for me and then with alaska and i'm sure other airlines do this also um you're able to extend a layover so my my first stop on the way home is in la so i could stay there for a week i could stay there for two weeks it's part of the ticket and i believe i need to recheck on this but i think i'm stopping with a layover into hong kong now i could lay this out and spend a week in china if i wanted and then continue on the trip so depending on the time you have, I could now essentially turn this into three separate tickets where I get to use all three tickets for their own individual vacation time while using the price of one mileage ticket. So that is my little, uh, travel hack for today. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you all and express my gratitude for hanging out with me for the journey so far, so far. Um, I said this was episode 10 as far as what I've done, but this is going to be five coming out. So I've got about 47 more to do. So if you're with me till the end, thank you. And hopefully it gets better each time. And um, yeah, please, please, please share your experiences with me, share your feedback with me, ask me questions on anything. It's info at constructingsuccess.fm. And thank you again. Until the next time, uh, this is Derek Baer, and I'm signing out.